Welcome everybody. It's Tuesday night. We're here with the Wrestle Talk podcast as always. Looking forward to a really great night here. And we got the one and only Luke Roberts joining us, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, Luke? Uh, Hoss, it's a, it's an honor and a privilege to be here tonight. We got a lot of stuff to take care of here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. We want to thank each and every one of you for turning your house tonight and watching us right here on Facebook Live. You can catch us on all forms of social media. Also, want to give a shout out to those of you WrestleTalkPodcast.com for all those that are following us from the uh, Wrestle Talk Podcast stream. Tonight's going to be a great night of professional wrestling. We're going to be talking NWA tonight, as well as we're going to be talking with a very special guest in the 8 o'clock hour. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to go ahead and announce the third member of our broadcast team here this evening. He's right here alongside of us. Nightmare Jones, how in the world are you doing tonight on the Wrestle Talk podcast? Uh, I am doing absolutely amazing. I cannot complain. It's a beautiful night outside. How the heck is everybody doing out there? Nightmare it's Jones is ready and pumped. Changes. We got Captain Decapitate. We got Luke Roberts coming on talking about NWA. How amazing NWA at the chase. Trevor Murdoch is the NWA heavyweight champion. He defeated Nick Aldis. That is a feat in itself. There are many people that have tried to take that belt off of Nick Aldis. And Trevor Murdoch is the one that has done it. And he did it. For Lance Cade and for Holy Race. Boom! How was that? Well, well, Jonesy, I got to tell you right now, we've got a great night of professional wrestling action. And I got to tell you, before we get tonight started, I mean, again, we've got a lot of great things to come. I do have to be uh, the bearer of bad news. And um, I, I don't know. Uh, I know I had spoken with Renee earlier today. Um, I, I've really been reflective today. Uh, before we get tonight's show started, I do want to reflect on uh, the career and the life of a very good friend of mine, a man who's been on the WrestleTalk podcast, I believe it was back on episode 214, a uh, gentleman by the name of the Angel of Light, Izzy Blackwell. Now, uh, for those of you that may or may not be familiar with uh, Izzy Blackwell, here's a man uh, personally I've known since 1997. Uh, he spent a lot of time in the ring. He wrestled for a lot of promotions throughout the Midwest. He was a part of the tag team known as Power Trip, uh, wrestled a lot of promotions, had the opportunity, I remember, in 2004 uh, when he was on his quest to become the Mid-America Extreme Pro Wrestling American Heavyweight Champion, and he was finally that goal. Uh, he had the opportunity to wrestle Madman Pondo. He wrestled in countless promotions throughout the Midwest. And uh, even after he had to step away from the ring, he still made it a point to give and share of his knowledge of professional wrestling to the new class of professional wrestlers. And uh, unfortunately, as many people saw on social media here today, uh, Izzy Blackwell passing away. Um, I got to tell you right now, um, had an opportunity to talk with my wife. I talked with our broadcast colleague, Chris Rodell. Um, I got to tell you, simply put, one of the most genuine honest people I've ever met in professional wrestling. It was a man when he came on the show. I got to tell you right now, guys, I had a great time listening to the show and being a part of the episode with Izzy Blackwell and talking about his son and the future of professional wrestling in the Blackwell family. But I got to tell you, the honesty to me was the time I got to spend after the interview with Izzy Blackwell and had an opportunity to talk about a lot of things. 
And one of the things that really holds true to me is the idea of where when you're in the world of professional wrestling, you share a locker room with a lot of professional men and women, wrestlers, referees, announcers, you name it. There's a wide variety of people who are in the professional wrestling locker room. But I'm going to tell you right now, I had the opportunity uh, after that episode to talk with Izzy Blackwell, and I spent close to two hours on the phone with him. Hmm. Wow. Ah, Izzy Blackwell. Hmm. But it looks like we've lost uh, Luke Roberts for the minute, so... Oh, there he is. He's back. He's back. I don't know what happened, guys. Technology's been having a lot of issues here uh, in, in my part of the world today. But as I said before, having the opportunity to spend close to two hours talking to Izzy Blackwell, it was just like we had never never been apart. And I can tell you right now, I've talked to a lot of my friends that I've known for years, uh, guys like Chris Rodell. Uh, I know uh, I had an opportunity to speak to Mr. GQ, Matthew Wayne Schuyler today, uh, among others. And I have to say, um, the news today really shook me. And I got to say right now, ladies and gentlemen of the WrestleTalk podcast family and everybody who's watching the program here tonight, I ask that you all please um, show respect to the life, time, and career of a great professional wrestler here in the Midwestern United States the angel of light, Izzy Blackwell. At this time, we would like to go ahead and toll the bell 10 times in honor of Izzy Blackwell. Gentlemen, I'm going to be honest with you. Joe, I'm going to throw it to you. I'm going to need a minute here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff tonight. Jonesy, why don't you go ahead and take over, bud? Yeah, man. We we do. We've got a lot of stuff going on tonight. Captain Decapitates coming on. A man that me and John Haas know all too well from the EPPW shows and you know, just just don't call him Captain Crunch. I, I'm I'm just <laughs> I, I'm saying that right now. Do not call him Captain Crunch because you know it's just it would not be a good. You don't want to upset the the uh, captain. Am I right, John? Yeah, he's not too fond of that name. You know, uh, a lot of fans like to disrespect him and call him Captain Crunch, but you know that he he's not very fond of that and. I don't recommend trying that. I do not. <sighs> but you know, Joe, before we get started here, let's yes. go ahead and uh, get this going like we always do. Uh, let's start out with that brand new Wrestle Talk intro that we have here, the way we always started out. 
Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Okay. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews. Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning that's right. Oh, it's how Koha says, That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, so now you know what time it is now, don't you, Joey? <laughs> It is. It is. It is time for everybody to take off their hats, put their hands on their heart, as we pay homage to the greatest country in the world. That's America, damn it. Brings a tear to my eye every single time. Every single time, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you know, Jonesy, I can tell you, we got a, a great night of pro wrestling action. Like I said, in a few minutes, we're going to be talking NWA. We had NWA in power and NWA 73, both taking place in St. Louis, as well as two nights of NWA power here at the Coruscant Room at the Chase Park Clause. We're going to talk to that in a bit. But, guys, you know there's a lot of other pro wrestling to talk about. So let's go ahead and hit the music for tonight's edition of The High Spots right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Mic check, mic check. Yeah! All right, all right. Wrestle Talk Podcast. DJ Money. Yeah! Let's go. Welcome to High Spots, where we pop news like rare shots. We stop shop from the door to scream to the laptop. It's non-stop like I want to sleep in the black top. We hit hard like care shots and back drops. Uh. Like a clock flash, we like a belly flop. Now that's hard. We got the steam while they stay slow. Wrestle talk podcast. Now they know we about to start the show. Uh. Uh. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's episode of the High Spots right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. And please make sure as we're talking about these great topics here tonight on the Wrestle Talk podcast, make it a point to send us your messages, send us your questions. We've got a lot of things we can talk about here tonight in the world of professional wrestling. And you know something, Jonesy? I got to look at it this way tonight. I think it's time for once. We need to go ahead and we're going to let Hardcore Hoss go ahead and start with tonight's episode of the high spots. Cause I know Hoss, you and I have been talking over the last couple of days and I know there's some things that are on your mind. So let's go ahead and have you start off tonight's episode of the high spot segment. All right. Well, yeah. before, before we get going in that though, we got to get those sponsors out there. You know, we got to mention true. everything combat, Ken Cade, esports bar, Kansas city, interstate 70 sports media, Royal Mills transportation, Painter Dreams Productions, Wrath Bun Engraving, where we get all of our Wrestle Talk podcast mugs, the FWWC, and Mi Fiesta Rentals. Can't forget to mention those because we would not be here without those great sponsors. That is true, John. We've got to always mention those great sponsors that have supported the Wrestle Talk podcast. Like I said, if you want to know more information about those great sponsors, make it a point to check us out on social media and also check out WrestleTalkPodcast.com. A lot of great information, a lot of great sponsors that support the Wrestle Talk podcast each and every week right here. Okay, Hoth, I think we've taken care of all the business. We're going to go ahead and throw it to you for the opening part of tonight's High Spot segment. What you got? Yeah, there, there's been a lot of news here lately coming out from uh, NXT. Uh, everything from they have a new logo now they to do. they have signed six new superstars. Mm-hmm. And uh, those six superstars, Bobby Stevenson, Brady Booker, Ben Buchanan, Jessica Wainico, Joshua Dawkins, and Joseph Fatu. Yes. Which Joseph Fatu is the brother to the Usos, to the, the son he's of Rakisi. Yes, he's the youngest son of the uh, Usos, uh, the youngest brother of the Usos. Yeah, uh, you know it's uh, it's it's definitely interesting. I I, I see where the they they're, they're going with NXT. They they're going towards more wrestlers, more people that don't have a background in wrestling because a lot of the people that they sign have backgrounds in other sports. So I think that what they're trying to do is kind of of have their own homegrown talents instead of using talents, you know, that have been used in other places and have their names known in other places. They want them to make their names known, I guess, in NXT. Well, guys, I got to tell you right now, the first thing is when I saw that potential new logo, I had, I mean, I've grown accustomed to the NXT logo. I like the NXT logo. The way that it is right now, I like it. I don't think it needs a change. I really don't. And and again, you got a lot of great people coming into this class at the Performance Center. But I'm going to tell you right now, there are a lot of great men and women that are out on, in the professional wrestling world that are out there night in, night out honing their craft, and I'm going to tell you right now, to me personally, now that you're seeing some of these, and I mean, again, I'm not going to discredit them. They all have a lot of great abilities. They've got a lot of great skills. They have, in in several cases, a family pedigree in athletics. But to me, when I sit down and look at it, 
I still feel that okay, the word is professional wrestling, and you need to get people who are in there and care about professional wrestling. And I'm going to tell you right now, there are a lot of great men and women across this country and across this planet who are doing their best to one day be able to grace a ring on the main stage. And I'm going to tell you right now, sitting here looking at it, I've got more questions than answers when it comes to the, the current state of NXT. Yeah, and our, our good friend Sonny Mayo, he says that the NXT logo looks like Disney Junior, but he is excited for some of the new signings, though. And uh, he also pointed out that Ben Buchanan is the son of former WWF tag team champion, Ben Buchanan. Buchanan. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. going to be, like I said, it's a, it's a great class. I mean, nobody can discredit the wrestlers that are coming into NXT. I mean, if you make it to NXT, you're one of the best in the world. That's one of those you have to say that if you make it to NXT, you've made it to that level. But I'm going to tell you right now, I still think there's a lot of questions left to be answered. One question that I really would like answered, and I think all of you gentlemen are going to have your own opinion on this. It's kind of like the lottery, if you will, for where is Adam Cole going to wind up? I'm gonna throw uh, this. Wait, I'm gonna throw this to you, Jonesy. You watch a lot of pro wrestling, just like the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast, just like the Wrestle Talk family. I got to tell you right now, I'm just gonna put you on the spot right here tonight, Jonesy. If Adam Cole is going to sign with one promotion, where do you think Adam Cole goes? Anywhere but AEW, and and I'll tell you why. It's not that I don't like AEW because I do, but the problem is is that AEW has already signed so many wrestlers, and I feel Adam Cole would just get mixed in with, with all these wrestlers. I don't see Adam Cole having nearly the main event status in AEW that he had in NXT. I, 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 I just I don't. I, I, I don't see it. You know, when he goes to NXT, he's going to have, you know, the uh, likes of John Moxley. Uh, AEW's going to have the John, the likes of John Moxley, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega. And I, I, I don't see him having the same star power. So I would rather him go to a place like maybe Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, any of those, just not AEW. Okay, Hoss, I'm going to throw it to you. What do you think? Adam Cole, where does he wind up? Um, you know, I, I, I still think, cause Night Owl and I talked about this a little bit last week and, you know, I still think Adam Cole could show up on the main roster, uh, you know, when they do the draft in October. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this way, Hoss. And I mean, again, it's just, a, a uh, not trying to play the bad guy here, but I'm going to throw it out here. Do you think realistically we see the idea of having an Adam Cole sit on the sidelines for six to eight weeks? It's not ideal for that to happen, um, but even if he uh, even if he signs with some somebody else, you know he's still got to sit on the sidelines for a while due to that non compete clause. He doesn't have one. Yeah, he's he is. Uh, from my understanding, I agree he with Joe. Yeah, one hundred percent free agent, and he, he doesn't have it. Yeah, because yeah. of of how his contract was ended. You know, without them knowing that his contract was already up, he doesn't have a new company. He can show up on AEW tomorrow night. 
And that's one of those, Jonesy, to look at it, too. I believe he had signed an extension to get through SummerSlam weekend. He did. And and I'm going to tell you right now, to me, and this is going to be a little bit of a strange thought here, so bear with me. To me, if I want to see a place that I think Adam Cole would be able to be successful and thrive in, and and I also am reading here through the uh, chats, Sonny Money bringing out here, maybe even MLW. To me, I think my – my head is telling me, my brain is telling me that I think we're going to see um, Adam Cole in New Japan. I think when, when, when he left, the idea of being removed from the Bullet Club, I think that there's some unfinished business. Mm-hmm. To me, my heart tells me we will see him, much like Haas said, in the draft for the WWE. One thing is for certain, the internet has been all over the place trying to figure out where yeah. this is going to go. And I got to tell you right now, I mean, it's definitely making for some compelling stories and some compelling news. So Jonesy real quick here. I know we're going to have uh, the maestro Jeremy Carp joining us here in just a couple minutes to talk NWA, but yes. we would be remiss if we went ahead and uh, threw it to you. Cause I know you've got something on your mind here tonight. On I do. Always do. So I Jonesy, do. take it away. So there are reports that I read today that last night during the uh, Nia Jax and Charlotte Flair match, things got a little bit confrontational between the two of them. Apparently, uh, Nia Jax uh, did a move, and she almost dropped uh, Charlotte on her head, and Charlotte gave her a receipt of uh, slapping her across the face, like harder than what, what she normally would. And there could potentially be a little bit of animosity between Nia Jax and Charlotte Flair. You know, this isn't the first time that we've heard of of Nia Jax, you know, messing up a move, you know, potentially injuring somebody. So, you know, I don't know if, if, if this was a work or if this was an actual shoot. I just know that there was, there's reports of actual animosity between those two wrestlers. Well, Jonesy, I got to tell you right now, to me, the women's division in the WWE has a lot of a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. And I mean, again, I don't know, per se, if it was one of those situations where wrong place, wrong time or things along those lines. But I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes down to it, all of the women in the WWE, both Raw and SmackDown, are doing everything they can to make a statement. And they want to be at the top of the women's division on their respective brand. And I'm going to tell you right now, whether you're looking at Raw or at SmackDown, the fact remains the women's division has a lot of viable challengers for those championship belts. Absolutely. Um, Would you like to to, to add in on this discussion? I'm sorry. My my attention got diverted somewhere else real quick. Okay. Um, We're we're talking women's wrestling. We were talking about uh, last night on Monday Night Raw, Charlotte Flair, Nia Jax. Um, I don't know if you have any input about the situation that took place last night regarding these two women inside the squared circle. Um, Yeah, I I did hear that, you know, that they see kind of botched a move and, you know, things are going to happen, though, and not everybody's going to be perfect all the time, and I know it can be very dangerous when a move is botched, um, but, you know, it, it's it's going to happen from time to time. 
Well, I mean, again, I, I get where you're coming from, John, but I mean, again, to me, I look at it, it's about the competition. And I mean, again, I, I feel right now when you've got wrestlers like uh, Rhea Ripley, Nikki A.S.H., uh, Charlotte Flair, uh, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, I mean, there is a large amount of wrestlers all vying for the top championship. And again, it's one of those where being an in-ring competitor, I can tell you that when you're in the ring, you got to leave it all inside the squared circle. And right now, one thing is for certain, we're going to be able to tell sooner rather than later what's going on in the women's division. Um, like I said, gentlemen, we got a lot we could talk about, but I do want to shift gears here for a minute. And yes. we're going to go ahead and take some time here because it's something I know that everybody in St. Louis has been talking about. Everything around the world, the wrestling world, has been talking about the National Wrestling Alliance. They've been talking about this weekend, NWA Empower, NWA 73rd anniversary. I'm going to tell you right now, there were dignitaries from all across the St. Louis area. There were dignitaries from all across the country. You name it, everybody made their way to the Chase Park Plaza Hotel, the Coruscant Room, for the NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance this weekend. At this point, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and, uh, and Haas, I know that you're the man who controls the boards, is, is the maestro with us right now? Yes, he is. Let's go ahead and bring in the, uh, the maestro here. What and is up, gentlemen? How are we? How, how are you doing, maestro? It's good to see you, my friend. <laughs> it's always great seeing you guys. You know, it's kind of rainy outside, but you know what? I can't put a damper on my mood because Luke knows as well as I do that NWA 73rd anniversary show was one for the ages. Mm -hmm. well, well, Jeremy, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, not only was NWA73 uh, a great experience, but also NWA Empower, NWA's first all-women's pay-per-view, really brought a lot to the table. And, and gentlemen, I've got a few things I want to talk about here as it relates to uh, the Empower event. And first of all, i got to give kudos to the NWA for putting together such an extraordinary event. Uh, the first thing I've got to look at, is the women's tag team division now having new NWA women's tag team champions, that being the Hex, defeating, um, looking here, just double-checking my notes, looking here at defeating Red Velvet and Kylan King in the finals, two individuals who are very well-known in AEW. Mm -hmm. uh, gentlemen, my question to you is, do you have any thoughts on the Hex becoming the new NWA women's tag team champions? I got to be honest, I, I have to look into it because I don't even know who the Hex is. <laughs> the Hex is uh, Allison Kay and Dominican uh, Dynamite Marty Bell, who I believe has uh, okay. the program. Okay, so um, I know both of those then. I, I know both of those. Allison Kay was uh, in uh, Impact Wrestling for a while, so yeah, okay. Okay. Um, Maestro, I know that you have a little bit of knowledge, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the Hex in a little bit. What are your thoughts about the Hex being the brand new NWA Women's Tag Team Champions? I mean, I think they have showcased great chemistry in the ring over the past few weeks. And, you know, I'm particularly a fan of Marty Bell since her time in TNA, or I guess now we call it Impact Wrestling. So I think it is awesome to see them as the new NWA Women's Tag Team Champions. I would agree with you there, Jeremy. The Hex is a great tag team, and to see Allison Kay and Marty Bell with those tag team championships really was 
a, a very important step in the NWA and the women's division. Um, next thing I want to talk about here, and a lot of people have been talking about it online, the retirement of Awesome Kong. I got to tell you, I've had the opportunity yes. to be on events with Awesome Kong, and I'm going to tell you right now, to see her retire in the ring, standing basically face-to-face -face with Gail Kim, one of the people she considered to be her greatest foe inside the ring. Mm -hmm. Guys, I got to tell you, have an opportunity to watch him power. It was it was pretty sad for me because, like I said, um, Awesome Kong is truly awesome, and I have to say she had an outstanding career inside the ring. Yes, she did. She absolutely 100% did. She had a great career. Um, you know, she, she was in the uh, uh, TV show Glow, so absolutely. Okay, Maestro, your thoughts on, on uh, Awesome Kong and the career that she had inside the professional wrestling ring? Well, you know, I think it was very fitting that Awesome Kong basically retired right in front of Gail Kim because, first off, in my opinion, Gail Kim should go down, and in my what? mind, will go down as one of the greatest uh, women's wrestlers of all time. And, you know, that's definitely something that people who watch more than one promotion would definitely agree with. Because she definitely made a name for herself and other promotions outside of WWE. As for Awesome Kong, you know, like uh, Nightmare Jones had mentioned, she was in Glow, which is a fantastic show. I'm not going to lie. But I think she also made herself worldwide renowned, uh, traveling and just becoming a dominant force in women's wrestling at a time when there was that big, you know, for lack of a better term, evolution, you know, that big shift in what the style of women's wrestling was from the bra and panty matches to straight up technical and power wrestling matches. Mm -hmm. And Awesome Kong and Gail Kim were there through the the mix of it, the key parts right. of it. So, you know, it's sad to see her retire, but I think for me, from my perspective, it's great that she's going out the way she is, you know, right. being able to stand on your own two feet, going in there saying, look, I've done what I've done. You know, it's been a hell of a career, but that's it. And that and, as a wrestler, that's what you want. You want to be able to say to yourself when you're ready to go, not being forced out. That's what's right. important. And her, her uh, wrestling and Impact Wrestling was, she was absolutely dominant. And in Impact Wrestling, that's where I first uh, found out about Awesome Kong or Amazing Kong, whatever you wanted to call her. And, you know, absolutely great stuff. I would agree with you, Jonesy. Like I said, Awesome Kong, great career. And it came to a conclusion at Empower this past weekend. We also have to look at the uh, Impact Championship match between Deanna Perazzo, the Virtuosa, taking on Molina. And I got to tell you right now, I, I had done a little bit of reading. I was wondering what was up. Molina going into this matchup with, from my understanding, a torn ACL. Oh, yep. shit. That's true. Wow. And manages to go out there and give up a valiant effort, but winds up ultimately submitting to the Virtuosa. I got to tell you, I, I've been in the ring. I've suffered my fair share of injuries inside the ring in my career, but I have to give I have to give props to Molina for being able to go out there and and give her best effort with a severe knee injury like that. Mm -hmm. You know, an ACL injury is the type of injury where you know you hear it from a athlete's perspective, like in the NFL or something, where they're out twelve months or longer. 
I mean, and these are, and as for a professional wrestler, who's obviously, especially one as athletic as Molina is, who's constantly very acrobatic, moving around the ring and everything, you know, to go out there and put on one hell of a match. And like you said, Luke, you know, ultimately falling short, but still nothing but the utmost of props and respect for going out there with the torn ACL, because it was still a very well worked out match. And, you know, Unfortunately, she did come up short, but it is what it is. And now she's got time to really, uh, really work on healing up that ACL. We're going to kind of stay with the championship gear here for a minute and talk about a match. A lot of people were kind of downplaying a little bit going into NWA Empower. And that was uh, Camille, the NWA women's champion, taking on Layla Hirsch, legit Layla Hirsch from AEW. I got to tell you right now. Uh, as a wrestling fan, I was thoroughly impressed by both competitors here. I, I've really been impressed by Layla Hirsch and her style. And even though Layla Hirsch wasn't able to walk out with the NWA Women's Championship, I have to say she silenced a lot of critics at NWA Empower. Uh, Maestro, what are your thoughts about this match? I mean, first off, when you're about four foot eleven, and I'm not joking, that is the build height for Layla Hirsch. You know, the odds are definitely stacked against you going into the ring against any opponent. And if you watch AEW Dynamite, you've seen her on there, and and she's put on great technical matches. She's really – she's got that big energy, and I love the adrenaline that she gets going, and the crowd's always behind her. But, you know, she goes in there, and she puts on a hell of a match with Camille. And, you know, it's another instance. You know, she comes up short. But to go in there for the NWA Women's Championship, or the World's Women's Championship, I should say, and just narrowly losing that match, I major props to Layla Hirsch. She put on a hell of a performance. Both ladies put on a hell of a performance, and it really emphasized to me what empowered the name of the show was all about. And, you know, you're right. They were downplaying it a lot. And I think that's not so much the match quality wasn't good from my eyes. I think it was more so just how it stood out among some of the other matches on the card, because from top to bottom, these past few nights have been unbelievable in terms of match quality. And it all started with empower on Saturday night. So I had, I have a quick question. You two were both there for night two. What was it like being in the chase with all those NWA fans? Well, well, Nightmare, I want to I want to take just a second here, and I want to I want to emphasize one last match on night one to come back to night two, and that was the women's invitational, and that's a perfect situation here because they had the women's invitational match, and just looking at some of the names that competed in this matchup, uh, bear with me here as I look at it. You had Chelsea Green, the debut of Kiera Hogan, Bianca uh, Bianca Corelli, Thunder Kitty, Genocide, Lady Frost, Debbie Malenko, Jamie Senegal, Masha Slamovich, and St. Louis's own, the Little Blue Dragon, Tootie Lynn Ramsey. I'm going to tell you right now, it was a great match. And and the final two, Chelsea Green and Tootie Lynn in the ring. Unfortunately for the hometown, Tootie Lynn Ramsey – she put up a great effort, but Chelsea Green going from start to finish, winning the Women's Invitational, and I'll tell you right now, Jonesy, 
the energy from Saturday night only went forward to Sunday. It was unreal. I know I talked with Jeremy before the event, and Jeremy remembers this very well. I told him I felt like I was 12 years old again. I felt like I was hanging out with my brother and my mom and my dad and watching professional wrestling just like I grew up watching. And I got to tell you, I had goosebumps on my arm all night. It was unreal. It was a great night of professional wrestling action. Jeremy, I know that you were a little bit in a different spot as it related to the venue. Can you share what your thoughts were? Because, I mean, I got to tell you, the place to me was electric all night. You know, when I walked in there, and it's a little emotional for me because I'm thinking of my late grandpa Harvey, and he went to wrestling at the Chase all the time, and back in the days of, you know, Luthez, Gorgeous George, Dick the Bruiser, and all them. So I walk in there, and I feel like he's with me. You walk in there, you see the big NWA sign in the background, all light lit up, and the, the ring is just right in the middle of the ballroom. It just has that old school feeling. Mm -hmm. And you may say to yourself, well, there's a few hundred fans, you know, that might not be that loud. Oh my God. The the Saint this proves why St. Louis is a wrestling city. To me, the wrestling capital of the world. You New Yorkers can have Madison Square Garden. Give me the chase. Okay. Let me tell you right now how hyped the, the whole four nights. Billy Corgan, mad props to you. Thank you so much for bringing wrestling back to St. Louis the way it should be. And, hell, I don't even know if he's going to listen to this, but if he does, there you go. And you, I, even, you even got to ring the original bell because uh, yes, I saw the original was, bell was, was there. Herb Simmons and Ed Wheatley were there, and I'm going to actually bring them up a little later in the show while I'm on. Um, but, yes, with them – you know, because Herb is like the encyclopedia and the history museum of wrestling in St. Louis. He had the original ring bell with him from wrestling at the chase. And I rang it and it was just, uh, it was like one of those, you know, like Luke was saying, little kid inside. And I felt like that. My friends and I did. It was just a wonderful occasion. You know, you see Austin Idol there. And we'll get more into who else was there because I think it's pretty safe to say who a big star was that was there. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. We're gonna we're gonna hold off on that, Jeremy. We're gonna we hold on it. We're gonna hold on it. But I just want to say, being there, you know, I was kind of at the corner of the ring, and it was just phenomenal. You know, I had to actually stand up for the uh, second half of the show just so I could actually see better because everyone was on their feet. They were excited from start to finish. So. It, it just means the world to me that I was there. So. Jeremy, I got to tell you right now, man, I couldn't agree with you more. When I saw those three block NWA letters across the middle of the ring, I had a flashback to Starcade 83. And we're going to talk a little bit about that later on, too. I know you and I had the discussion. But let's go ahead and look at some of the matches. To start off the night, a triple threat match, Tom Latimer, Tim Storm, and Crimson in a hardcore match. And I got to tell you, I don't recall the uh, Chase ever really having a hardcore match, but these three gentlemen pretty much took any possible weapon they could. Uh, let's see, tables, ladders, chairs, trash oh cans. I think at one point, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but didn't Tim Storm and Crimson 
uh, exchange took- shots with leather belts. So, yeah, um, Crimson took off uh, his belt, but then Tim Storm took the belt off the referee, had the referee gave Tim Storm his belt, and it just went, it was like a whip back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, the name of the match was, um, it, if I remember, yep, here it is, the Brawl and the Lou match. And it really lived up to the name. You know, you see him diving off ladders, and it was it was a great match to kick off that card. As far as the main show, you know, we had um, a couple good show uh, matches early on in the pre-show, but as far as to really kick off the whole thing, man, what a triple threat match we had. Well, well, Jeremy, I got to tell you right now, and I know Nightmare Jones is making it a point to kind of check out. All the great listeners of the Russell Talk podcast, we were sending messages here. And again, if you send messages, make it a point to send them. We'll share them right here. So you can see that uh, sports ticker kind of running underneath the screen here. Uh, I got to tell you right now, now that uh, we're going to talk about a little later on, with a win on Sunday night, does this possibly have an opportunity to lend Tim Storm to have a chance to possibly be in the consideration for an NWA world title shot? I mean, he is a former NWA World's Champion. He did, if I'm not mistaken, lose the title to Nick Aldis, and he yeah. even gave up his opportunity. My question is, does this now open the door for Tim Storm to add himself to the growing list of challengers for the NWA World Championship? I mean, that's a lot of stuff that's that's going to have to be answered coming out of this, this weekend here in St. Louis. Now, the next match, Jeremy, I'm going to throw it to you. Because I know you've got a lot of input on this matchup. Uh, some people could say a generational women's matchup between two of the uh, one of the best of all time taking on a wrestler who many say could very well be the future of professional wrestling. That was Mickey James and Smiley Kylie Ray. Jeremy, I know you got a lot of input on this one. You got a lot to say. So I'm gonna go ahead and throw things to you to talk about this matchup. Let me tell you something. So a lot of people think, all right, it was the shortest match on the card, but that does not discredit how intense this match got. A lot of great technical wrestling from, like you said, it was a generational type match. You had Mickey James, who, once again, much like how I brought up Gail Kim earlier, one of the most innovative women's wrestlers, in my opinion, of all time, not just my generation and not just yours. You know, people didn't know what to expect when she first debuted, and the phenomenal career she's had continues. As far as Kylie Ray goes, I mean, she's always smiling, like you said. She's always pleasant. But let me tell you, she brought it to Mickey James. She really took it to her. A lot of mat wrestling, and really had an old school feel. Something that you would have seen in the olden days at the Chase. And you know, I Mickey James did end up winning that match. But overall, you know, crowd was into it both times. I was there right at the corner. Mickey James, you know, does her pose and everything, and a lot of great counter moves. Overall, it was another great match on an, another amazing card. And I'm going to tell you right now, you know, Renee, the Night Owl, says he wishes he could have been there. You know, I think a lot of people wish the same. Well, I got to tell you right now, Jeremy, you also hear uh, Arissa, and I hope I didn't uh, make it a point to uh... – uh, mess up your name there, but thank you for sh- giving us a shout out there. I know that Shaft is here uh, on the show as well. Shaft, welcome to the program here tonight. 
Uh, I gotta tell you right now, the one thing that leaves me with some questions is Deanna Perrazzo after the match going after Mickey James. I know for a fact that Deanna wasn't necessarily too happy about being a part of Empower. I mean, it took a pretty good amount of uh, encouragement to get her to be on the event. And then after Mickey James gets the victory, decides to uh, make it personal. And I can tell you right now, that's going to lead to a lot of questions as we go forward, not just in the NWA, but I think that's going to lead to some some definite questions in Impact Wrestling as well. Uh, look at this. The next match, we had the six-man tag match of uh, the Great American Smash, Tyrus, Zion, and Jordan Clearwater with the Universal Heartthrob, Austin Idol, taking on the Pope, Elijah Burke, and the end. Uh, great matchup. Uh, the end result of that matchup was... Uh, Tyrus and Zion and Clearwater getting the victory uh, via the heart punch. That Tyrus has really perfected shades of the late Ox Baker with that heart punch. And I got to tell you, it was a, a great matchup. Uh, again, Tyrus, Zion, and Clearwater with the victory in that match. Uh, the next match we talk about, NWA National Championship. The masterpiece, Chris Adonis, taking on Cowboy James Storm. And I got to tell you, this matchup had a lot to go on, and I'm going to tell you, Jeremy, being a referee, being where I was, I got to tell you, I could make a case for Cowboy James Storm being the new NWA national champion. I mean, again, you were there. What were your thoughts about that? Because to me, I very easily could have seen a situation where James Storm walked out of the chase as the new NWA national champion? I cannot tell you. I mean, you were there, so you would know, but I don't think I could express how pissed off I and everyone around me was when we thought James Storm had the pinfall and we thought the bell was wrong and everyone is on their feet in that ballroom only for the ref to say, his foot was on the rope. And like you said, you've been a referee for a long time. You've been in this industry a long time. When something like that happens and the wrestler looks right at you, pointing the fingers and saying, you know, when the crowd's chanting bullshit ref and things like that, and the wrestler's pointing at you, your heart sinks. Cause you're just thinking to yourself, you're just doing, I'm just doing my job, but here I am. It's the, a big championship match. You know, it is literally the NWA national championship. And Chris Adonis, the masterpiece himself, you know, he really gave James Storm everything he had. But that was James Storm's match to win, even though he wasn't the champion heading into that match. Because he picked the right, he was at the right place, the right time to get that pinfall. The fact that he lost that match just infuriates me. That's just, ugh. Well, Jeremy, I got to tell you right now, and you you were right on point with that and the idea of where the referee does have the final say. And again, it was it was questionable. I can see where the where, where James Storm would have a, a complaint, but the referee did make the right call. His foot was on the ropes. And, and again, I'm going to tell you right now, the end of that matchup, I would not have wanted to be James Storm. I would not have wanted to be that referee uh, because I'll tell you right now, I've been on the wrong side of an angry wrestler or two or several. I could imagine so. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you right now, having James Storm right there, I mean, you know that he could just throw that last call super kick like that. 
And the B words there, I mean, as soon as the match was over, you saw that referee, he was gone. No questions. He was gone. I mean, by the time I think James Storm was out of the ring, I think the referee might have been out of the chase at that point. But again, it does go down as a victory for the masterpiece retaining the NWA National Championship. And like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I've been seeing a lot of great posts here talking about how awesome NWA 73 was, how great Empower was. You know what? I want to say it's really great to see all these great messages. I know we're going to have some guests coming on talking about NWA Empower. we got a couple more matches still to talk about here. Uh, we have – we've got to talk about it, though, uh, Jeremy, we got to talk about. It. I know Nightmare Jones is probably somewhere around here. He's got to be listening to this, and that was what everybody was talking about. And that was the Nature Boy coming home to the chase. Ric Flair making his long-awaited return to the NWA, and I got to mm-hmm. tell you, he had a lot to say at the chase. Jeremy, I got to tell you that that. 10, 12, I think you said it was like, what, 12, 13 minutes in time? 12, 13 minutes. I have it on my phone, and my arms are still sore because when you're five foot five, having to record it over tall people's heads is a pain in the ass, I'm going to tell you. Well, I got to tell you right now, though, I mean, again, it was an opportunity. Ric Flair really talked about a lot of things about the world of professional wrestling. And one thing I think that really stood out was the idea that he talked about the sport of professional wrestling, but he also talked about the St. Louis area. He talked about the lineage of the NWA. And I got to tell you right now, that entire amount of time gave me goosebumps because where else can you go? And I mean, again, it was like you're back in the, in the late 70s, early 80s, the Nature Boy Ric Flair walking that aisle one more time to all the great fans at the Chase Park Plaza Hotel. I mean, I know he spent many a time there. And I'll tell you, if you weren't an appearance, make it a point. I think you can still catch it on Fight TV. Uh, make it a point to check it out because he kind of gave you a roadmap of St. Louis. He talked about a lot of establishments in the, on, in the St. Louis area and talking about other establishments as well. He basically told exactly how it was, and it was definitely a memorable experience seeing the nature boy Ric Flair inside an NWA ring once again. You know, now, I'm going to say one other thing, Luke. Uh, I hate to cut you off, my friend. I want to say something about that Ric Flair promo. You know, you mentioned about the point about how he talked about the sport and of St. Louis wrestling in particular and how it basically was the place to be and how, to me, it still is. I think one thing I really took away from it, this might have been the most sincere and happy Ric Flair's been in a wrestling ring in a long time. Notice how when he was in that ring, he did not say one bad word about anybody. He brought up Vince. He brought up Hunter. He brought up Shawn Michaels, the Undertaker. He didn't get any bad blood about leaving any company. You know, Mm -hmm. he was just talking about how much he loved wrestling, how much people like us, the fans, and some of his best friends like Triple H and Shawn Michaels kept him going into wrestling. And... You know, he mentioned people like Dick the Bruiser, uh, Blackjack Lanza, Terry Funk, Dory Funk, uh, Harley Race. You know, you and it, like he says, one of my favorite quotes from the entire promo, I can remember off the top of my head, he goes, you name them, I wrestled them right here. And I love that. It shows you how much he poured his heart and soul into wrestling over 40 years and how much the city of St. Louis means to him. You know, it's just not, it's not just another stop on the map. 
it's his home. Yeah, he, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, say what you want, but St. Louis can be a second home because he, when he walked down that aisle into the ring, it was like a hero's welcome. And, you know, Billy Corgan, he said, you know, you're Ric Flair, do whatever you want. Go out there, say what you want. It doesn't matter how long you, you know, speak for however long you want to speak. It's all you. Because Ric Flair right now, you know, a lot of wrestlers in this day and age in wrestling, you know, from the golden era are passing away from the 70s and 80s and 60s and and so forth. So Ric Flair is one of the few that are still able to carry that torch and be the history book of professional wrestling at the chase and professional wrestling of the glory days of the NWA. So overall, you know, it absolutely was heart melting, got goosebumps. I loved every second of it. I totally agree with you, Jeremy. We've got a couple more matches here to talk about. Uh, the Battle Royal, which I believe is supposed to be a 14-man Battle Royal, turned into a 15-man Battle Royal with Michael Judius uh, joining the um, joining the Battle Royal. He wound up getting the victory, uh, last eliminating, eliminating JTG. Uh, I, like I said, I'm looking at the message here. I haven't heard anything to the event of that just yet. I know there's a lot of great action that's going to be taking place here in the St. Louis area in the days and weeks to come. A lot of people making comments about Ric Flair. Amen. There's a lot of people talking about the Nature Boy right here tonight on the WrestleTalk podcast. Uh, the, The last three matches of the night, I mean, we could talk about them for the entire show. You had Camille taking on Chelsea Green for the NWA Women's Championship. I got to tell you right now, Chelsea Green brought everything but the kitchen sink to fight against Camille. It was a great matchup. I got to tell you right now, Camille proving why she is the force in the NWA women's division. Uh, Jeremy, any uh, quick thoughts about that matchup between Chelsea Green and Camille for the NWA women's title? Um, I mean, you know, I hate to say it like this. It was a great match. But I think given how much, you know, the bar kept going higher and higher, not just from the NWA 73rd show, but from Empower as a whole, you know, it's not one of those matches that, like, you'll remember for the rest of your life type thing. It was a great match, you know, and Chelsea Green really brought it to Camille. In the end, she fell short. I enjoyed the match thoroughly. But, you know, it... uh, Plus, you're also having to follow the footsteps of a battle royal and Ric Flair. You know, it's that, that's a tough challenge. But I can tell you, both these women definitely brought a great matchup, an outstanding yes, matchup. Uh, Camille still NWA Women's Champion. To me, I got to look at it. These two last two matches definitely were were match of the night contenders to me. La Rebellion, that being Bestia Say Say Says, and Mecca Wolf taking on Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos for the NWA. World Tag Team Championships, La Rebellion being brought to the ring by Conan. Jeremy, I'm going to go ahead and let you give your thoughts because I've got something that I want to add, and I want you to go ahead and go first on this one because I've got something that I need to say about this matchup. Okay, well, let me tell you something. First, when I heard LAX's theme song um, pop up, I was like, you cannot be serious. I was like, what? And out came Lala Rebellion, and I just, and Conan coming out with them blew my mind. As far as 
uh, I'm trying to think of how to word it. You, you know, it's definitely a match of the night contender for me as well, because it was a match that, you know, you know, it's the second to last match, the penultimate match on the card. You know, it's the, you have a lot of pressure on you to really give the crowd something to build up for, for the main event. And they tore the house down. I mean, all four competitors, there were some moves where Aaron Stevens legitimately was terrified of being a part of the power bomb with the kick at the back. I mean, he looked scared crapless <laughs> with that situation and hell, I can't blame him. I would have been too, but these four men tore the house down seeing that it was a complete shock to me that law rebellion actually won the tag team championships, which made it even better. I love it when I'm in for a big surprise when it comes to professional wrestling and they brought so many different styles in the ring. So between technical luchador, high flying, all of it, it was just an outstanding match from top to bottom. Jeremy, I'm going to tell you right now, I could agree with you. You brought a lot of styles, but one thing that you actually left out and I'm, I'm going to go with the 30 plus years of wrestling experience here. I have to give kudos to La Rebellion. And the reason why is simple. Tag Team 101. They isolated the ring for the majority of the match. They made sure they kept one wrestler inside the ring. They used all this offense. And it just kept going and going and going. And I'm going to be honest. I, I've seen a lot of Aaron Stevens. I've seen uh, J.R. Kratos. They are a, a great pair of wrestlers. But i got to tell you right now, La Rebellion made it a point that not only did they bring their A game, but they went out there and they brought pro wrestling. And I think it was one of those days. I think that, that, that Stevens was expecting more of a high-flying contest. And these two gentlemen came in and they blended mat wrestling. They blended power wrestling. They blended strikes. They blended Lucha Libre. They blended every possible style. And to me, I think the tag team champions could never really get their footing when wrestling Bestia and, and Mecha Wolf. And at the end of the matchup, at the end of the night, I do have to say, though, that having somebody in your corner – it's going to pay you dividends down the road. And having somebody like Conan in your corner. Yeah, really yeah, it does help. And it leads to new NWA World Tag Team Champions in uh, Bestia Seis and Mecha Wolf. And now we've got just a couple more minutes here to talk NWA. I know there's a lot of people who've been sending messages here in the chat. But we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the main event, title versus career. The national treasure, Nick, Dahl, uh, Nick Aldis, a thousand plus days as NWA world champion versus the career of Trevor Murdoch. And I'm going to tell you right now, and you and I talked about it, Jeremy, watching Trevor Murdoch walk to the ring. And for those that weren't noticing it, and I know they were talking about it, I believe they're talking about it on Fight TV as well. If you notice the jacket that – Trevor Murdoch wore to the ring. It was very symbolic because it was very similar to the to the robe that Harley Race wore on many occasions for many big matches. And I got to tell you right now, from the very beginning of the matchup, the referee let him know this is what it is, this is what's going on. And 30 seconds later, they're 75 feet in the crowd just going at it. And I got to tell you right now, Jeremy um, – I know from where I was sitting, 
it was it was crazy. But I know that the that both Murdoch and all this made it in your direction. What was it like to see these two men fighting for the most important prize in the National Wrestling Alliance and brawling pretty much right to your seat? Um, this is gonna this is gonna hurt me. I'm gonna tell you why. So, oh god, I can't believe I gotta do this. All right. So I'm at the merchandise table getting the shirt that basically says NWA 73rd. I was there. You know, shit like that. I come back and my friends and a couple other fans are chanting, you fucked up. You fucked up. And I'm like, what happened? I look to my left. There's a giant dent in the wall that apparently Trevor Murdoch's head went into. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. I saw it from a distance, but I did not realize it was that close. And I'm just like... Well, well, my question, Jeremy, was was your seat still in one piece? Because those two men went all over the chase. They went all over the Coruscant room. They went all. Thankfully, our seats were in one piece. We can't say the same for everybody else. Um, and I know we have uh, Sonny on here who wants to talk about the match. But I, before, I got to give my thoughts on this because let me tell you something. There, uh, that to me was match of the night. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, repping Harley Race and another wrestler who made his name at the chase in St. Louis for decades. One of the toughest son of a guns you'll ever know. Had the pleasure of meeting him multiple times. And Trevor Murdoch brought everything he had and more. You know, a man that's backed in the, the corner is most dangerous. That's the most dangerous type of man. A man who has technically nothing to lose. So what? He loses his career. That's it. But he knows he wants that title. And Nick Aldis tried like hell to keep it on, you know? He does the abdominal stretch, but he's holding the rope and hoping that the ref doesn't see it. Ref turns away. He does it again. And eventually the ref, you know, finds out. And But back and forth, the match went. I mean, this went on for over 16 minutes. And in the end, Trevor Murdoch became the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. World well, champion. Yeah, well, Jeremy, I'm going to tell you right now, I've got my thoughts here, but I know that we've got a couple people who've been waiting on the line here, and we're going to go ahead and pass them through here real quick. Uh, Hoss, if you could go ahead and bring on our, our first guest here. He's got a lot to say about this match. Sonny Money is in the house what tonight. Sonny, how you doing, my oh, friend? Yeah, I absolutely love it. I'm doing, I'm doing awesome, fellas. I'm sitting here. I'm listening to you guys talk about that awesome pay-per-view this weekend. I wish I would have made the trip to St. Louis to be a part of that. I'm getting goosebumps just even hearing you guys talk about it. Maestro, you were there. You were in the crowd, man. I can only imagine how great that show was. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the whole thing. I got to watch highlights. I made it a point to go back and watch uh, Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch, um, and wow, wow. Um, I got to watch Nick Aldis defend the title against Jason Strife uh, back in February. Me and my wife made a night of it up in Omaha. I, I traveled all the way up to Omaha from Kansas City to see uh, Aldis and Strife, and they put on a great show, and that promotion there in Omaha put on a great show. But the reason I wanted to jump on here was to talk about Murdoch winning that title. Now, uh, obviously, Murdoch being a local guy here and training with Harley and even made it up to WWE and had the run with Lance Cade and won the tag titles and so on and so forth. But for him to win that title 
off of Nick Aldis, and me personally, I put Nick Aldis as a top five NWA world champion of all time. I mean, he, that's just me personally. I know there's Flair and Dusty and so many names down the line. But for Aldis to hold it a thousand plus days and have the gimmick that he has, and he was a heel that you could hate, and but he backed it up in the ring. For him to hold it a thousand plus days and lose it to Murdoch, lose it in St. Louis, NWA back in St. Louis, like it just couldn't have been a, a more perfect scenario for Murdoch to get that title for all this to pass that torch to him. And, you know, I've seen some fans out there shitting on Murdoch winning. But Luke, you know, Maestro, you know, dude, Murdoch is killer in the ring. And if anybody can hold that title down and go out and make some title defenses, not only in the Midwest, but all around the country and bring, I can't say bring back prestige to the title because it's already been there, but to keep that prestige going down the line, if anybody can do it, it's definitely Trevor Murdoch. So I'm excited for the future with Murdoch as NWA world champion. I think he's going to absolutely kill it, man. Well, Sonny, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, again, one of the things you look at here at the very end after Trevor Murdoch wins the championship, and I had an opportunity to talk to several people who were there to support Trevor Murdoch in his quest for the NWA championship. The end of the night, he's holding the 10 pounds of gold. He's holding the dome globe. He's holding sweet Charlotte as so many have called that championship. And he gets congratulated by the nature boy, Ric Flair. That's one of those you sit there that tells you that you have, I mean, again, you said it right on point, Sonny. Trevor Murdoch has been around the world. He's been successful all over the place, but to have that championship finally has the opportunity to carry the 10 pounds of gold and to get an endorsement from Ric Flair. I mean, again, that's a huge compliment. Huge. To, 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 highlight of your career right there, you know, say what you want, but to me, <laughs> You know, especially they say the decline of the NWA. Bull crap. The NWA is alive and well, and that championship means more to people than you could possibly imagine. And to like you said, like you said, Luke, Sonny, to get that endorsement from the Nature Boy, I mean, that is a dream come true. You know, you held the bar up high, absolutely. And to wear the trunks in tribute to Harley Race, I mean, that is over 50 years of St. Louis wrestling history in that ring just because of that. And the crowd went wild. And, you know, for that, for that whole show, guys, you know, fans like us, fans who, who tune in every Tuesday for the Wrestle Talk, Luke, you who helping host it, and Maestro, you giving your knowledge on this, hardcore wrestling fans like that. You know, what I got to say here is, is a big shout-out to Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan, man, for bringing back that NWA – name, prestige, that, look, I got goosebumps. And I'm not, you know, I'm more of a, I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up with ECW. I grew up with the high spots. I didn't grow up in the Midwest, but I respect it. And I know what it is. And what Billy Corgan is doing with the whole NWA for these past couple years is massive, man. And for him to do that in St. Louis, I hope he does it in Kansas City. I hope we see something in Memorial Hall because Memorial Hall just ha has just as many memories with Dusty and Ric Flair as St. Louis does. So hopefully, fingers crossed for me and Night Owl, you know, not, not a four-hour drive to St. Louis. 
is right down the street downtown Kansas City. Maybe we see something in Memorial Hall Day. But massive shout out to Billy Corgan for bringing back the NWA and making it what Absolutely. it is today. He well, Sonny, I'm going to tell you right now, man, I had the opportunity the last time you guys came to St. Louis. And like I said, being able to sit down and hang out with you guys and talking about stuff. Maybe maybe we can get you guys down here for some more toasted raviolis. Oh, don't <laughs> – don't be talking about the toasted raviolis. Hey, the, the, toasted ravi, the toasted raviolis and the cannolis. Man. Of course they have that joe in here. No, no. Uh, <laughs> hey, I need to come back to uh, to the, the Chicago area, like when we went for a natural concert, I can go to that restaurant again. Oh, I, mean, agree. I agree with you, Joe. It was a great time. Sonny, always a pleasure to see you here tonight on the program. Thank you for giving us your input. And we'll, yeah. like I said, make it a point to uh, talk with us soon. We got Hardcore Hoss joining us back on here as well. Gentlemen, I got to tell you, NWA 73 was a great night of professional wrestling. Empower a great night. And you still have two nights of uh, – the uh, power NWA power is taking place. I believe it's taking place right now at yep. the chase as well. Night a lot of great things taking place. place, guys. I got to tell you, it was a great night. We have a great night here tonight too. We've got a lot of stuff going on here. I know, uh, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. In about ten minutes, we're going to have our guest on the program for an exclusive interview too. That's right, Captain Decapitate. Uh, great, great, great guy. Uh, I've worked with him multiple times in uh, EPPW. He's a manager. He's an actor. So it's it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, I, I, I could agree with you a thousand percent on that, uh, Jonesy. Well, you know something, guys? we got to make it a point. There's a lot of great people who are going to be coming out and supporting uh, great professional wrestling here in the Midwest. But I got to tell you right now, too, uh, we also got to make it a point. We're going to be talking about uh, Captain Decapitation a little bit. We've also got some uh, upcoming wrestling news we're going to be talking about in the second hour. You know what, guys? As great as it's been, and I got to tell you right now, uh, it's a great time being at the NWA. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now that we're going to have a lot to come to the second hour. I know that, Joe, you're ready for a great interview. Hoss, I know you've got a lot of great questions to be asking of our guests tonight. So you know what, guys? I think it's time. Uh, like I said, we got about five minutes, about about eight minutes. I apologize until we get to our featured guest. You know what, guys? I think right now, just so we can make sure that everybody's ready to go for a great interview. I think we should just go ahead and take a break, just for the idea of where we can get everybody ready. They can get the opportunity to get that quick two-minute break. And when we come back here to the Wrestle Talk Podcast, we're going to have a lot of great to conversation with Captain Decapitate. Also make it a point, we want to uh, send a shout-out to Interstate 70 Sports Media, Talking Dynasty as well. Make it a Absolutely. point to check out all of our great sponsors. And you know what else you need to check out? You need to check out our number two of the Russell Talk podcast. Gentlemen, we're going to be back in about two minutes. So, Hoss, if you've got that music for us, we're going to go ahead and take things over here. We'll be back in about two minutes with the night uh, with Nightmare Jones, Joe Lance, and Hardcore Hoss. And I think you've got something to say, Hoss. Yeah, before we go, before we do anything else, uh, we actually do have to have uh, a little bit of a shoot and shout segment here uh, with, with some things that happened tonight, and uh, we got to bring Sunny Money Mayo back for this. Okay. And, I, this, I, and this is actually at the request of the Night Owl. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not doing enough for him. 
<laughs> like I said, we're, let's go ahead. If we're gonna, if we're gonna have the shoot and shout tonight, we got five people here. We got just a few minutes till Captain decapitate. Hoss, go ahead and hit the music, and we're gonna go ahead and go with the shoot and shout right here, right now on the Russell Talk podcast. So hit it. It's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up. Everything seems everybody sucks. You don't really know why, but you want to just fire. But someone's head off. No human contact. If you interact, life's on contract. Your best bets to stay away. Anyway, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the shoot and shout this week here on the Wrestling Podcast. Um, uh, at this point, uh, Maestro, all I know is that's the intro for the shoot and shout. Yeah. Funny, since, since you and the Night Owl have the shoot and shout figured out, I'm going to let you decide where you want to be. Do you want to go first? Do you want to go last? Or do you want to be somewhere in between? Um, I don't know what this really pertains to. I haven't really personally talked to Night Owl tonight. I got kind of an idea. So, Hoss, yeah. you want to kind of guide me here on where we're going with this, boss? All right. Well, let, let's start off here. Uh, for a shoot and shout, why do people come on to a show and sit there commenting and putting the show down? If you don't like it, move the hell on. So, the Night Owl oh, did no. some research on this. Oh, no. And I'm going to see if I can share my screen here. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> Please do it. Yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah. This wow. is our goal for the night. Yeah. We need to hang out. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. All right. So that that's about accurate. That's really accurate. That's good job. Good job by you guys. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and jump in on this. Um, at the beginning of the show tonight, I was in the comment section, and this bum, and I will say he's a bum, this bum is getting on there as you guys are putting on an entertainment segment, an entertainment show. This guy's on there going, I'm not impressed. You guys are boring me. You know, I told him, oh, boring you? Like you bore people when you're in bed? Come on now. You don't like the show. Go on down the road. Go somewhere else. This is Wrestle Talk Podcast, baby. We're talking about pro wrestling, independent, professional wrestling. We're talking WWE, TNA. We're talking wrestling. We're not talking about anything else right now. I'll throw in some football stuff here and there, but I'm here to talk wrestling, wrestling. And guess what? You guys are the best in the business at doing it. This bum doesn't like it, then go on down the road somewhere else. You want to learn how to troll, my friend? And this is what I'm going to end off on with. You want to learn how to troll? You don't get in the comment section and you say, hey, this show sucks, blah, blah, blah. No, what you do is, is when the host of the show, the night out, when his favorite quarterback gets released from the New England Patriots, uh. you make sure you come on the show and you wear that quarterback uh, jersey. <laughs> so, holler at me, all right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, Jones, I don't know if you can follow that one, but we're going to throw it to you because, I, like I said, I, I, I'm really wondering where we're going to I definitely, 
I, I definitely can. This has nothing to do with, with pro wrestling. This has everything to do with fantasy football. I am in a fantasy football group of like, I don't know, 16, 17 teams. I don't know how many teams it is. So the slim pickings, and I had Matt Ryan, and I saw that the New England Patriots quarterback was available. So I dropped, I dropped Matt Ryan to pick up Cam Newton. And then today, I found out that Tam Cam Newton, he got released from the New England Patriots. So, now I'm back to picking up, I had to pick up, uh, oh God, uh, I had to pick up Andy Dalton as my quarterback for the oh. fantasy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my, oh my, Maestro, it's your turn for the shoot and shout. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to go on the fantasy football train, too. I'm just going to say it. I'm in a 12-team league with my friends, and we made this deal. So we put money in, obviously, because we all have gambling problems. You have money? And, yeah, we're doing money. Granted, this show doesn't pay me much, so I figured I'd put money from my own account. Um, well, you know, we, we, all of our funds have to go to uh, – Drake Lee, you know, because you know he he's he's expensive. Yeah. Uh, or Dick Douglas, whatever you want to call him. Anyway, so the first place <clears throat> winner gets X amount of money. Now the last place team, the loser, all the other teams got to go to Goodwill and pick out a random ass outfit for the last place team, and then they made the exception for me. Where they would take me to Men's Warehouse and buy me all kinds of uh, crazy ass outfit and give me something nice, I guess, because you know I'm lonely. I don't know, but this is the thing: they do the projections on how you're gonna do in the season. It's just projections, but the bastard projected me to go one in fourteen. Wow! Like what? I got Aaron Rodgers, Mike Evans, Nick Chubb, and you're going to tell me I'm 1 in 14? Oh, bite me, NFL.com. Straight up, bite me. I'm going to prove everyone wrong. I'm going to go 2 and 13. Damn it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, and I know I mentioned it earlier, and, and my shoot and shout, uh, it's going to be kind of a little bit of a downer tonight again. I just want to, I want to send a, uh, a shout out to uh, the family of Izzy Blackwell, uh, longtime professional wrestler and friend, uh, passing away. Um, just to give you an idea, the man traveled around the country, uh, competing, doing everything he could, uh, training wrestlers. He brought everything to professional wrestling. He was he was a great in ring competitor, but I got to tell you, he was an even greater person, and he will sorely be missed. Again, I know it's not. My standard shoot and shout tonight, but guys, I got to tell you, Izzy Blackwell is definitely on my mind and my heart tonight. Um, like I said, I want to extend my my condolences to his family, and like I said, Izzy Blackwell will always be missed. The angel of light, Izzy Blackwell, passing away uh, in the past few hours. Uh, gentlemen, at this point right now, we're going to go ahead. I think we've got I think we've got everything ready to go here. Hardcore Hoss, we're going to go ahead and get things going with the music. We're going to be back in about two minutes, and we're going to have our guest, Captain Decapitate, right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Hoss, can you go ahead and play that music to take us to break?
Jam park with a chicken out breakfast. If you ain't a hustler, you might not get this. Wide open, even though we sleeping. Have to get up in your face, you know, creeping. But you gotta be from my town just to know that. All brand new, no need for a throwback. Left where you're from, but don't be dumb. Didn't even know it, but they said that I won. I will keep grinding, no rewinding. I will ace it like it's one biggest. Sign me, young Max Saga, hotter than lava. Never tripping on them haters, cause they ain't hotter. Pops was a hustle, I swear I'm just like them. Girl, put your titties in my face, that's why I like them. Hate big heads, but I love big faces. My name is Victorious, I already tasted it. Good work, In the morning, I'm up trying to get it when it comes to that important shot. I gotta hit it cause I'm blush, baby. Young Reese, he's way too much lately with the mania. Feeling crazy, you know what's up, baby. Casey's the place where I'm at. Where they get hit with the mag, they get stabbed in the back. I could pull along with a link up with the pack. Eating up fucking beats like they some type of snack. And then I hit the club, see the people moving. I be chasing paper while some people still snoozing. If you ain't winning, must mean you're losing. That's taking L's and that's something I ain't doing. I'm a straight winner from beginner, you should know that. From the killer city, so you know I gotta show that. Be the Kush masters, break it down and roll that. Trying to get some racks after that, get some more racks. gentlemen we are back once again for the second hour of the wrestle talk podcast that's right and we had one heck of a first hour and now we are ready to go with our second hour our our guest is in studio and waiting to come on but before we bring him on let's go ahead and get to our sponsors one more time here we have everything combat Ken Cade, Esports Bar, Kansas City, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Productions, Rathbun Engraving, Me Fiesta Reynolds, and the world's premier fantasy wrestling league, the FWWC, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. And I see here that the Nightmare Jones is back, so let's put him back in here. 
Welcome back, Nightmare. What did you think of that first hour, buddy? Oh, I thought that the first hour was absolutely amazing. Absolutely. The maestro is back. So I got a question to ask you, John. Unfortunately, you know, Nightmare Jones was not at the WDWA show. But from what I saw from the pictures, did referee Billy get killed by Mike Strong? Uh, no, not at the, not at this show. Really? I could have sworn I saw pictures of him getting slammed by Mike Strong and Kalen got destroyed and maybe it was another show. I don't know. That, oh, that was, that was a previous show. You got to remember, Joe, uh, what they film actually doesn't oh. appear for like a week or two later. So... Uh, that was a show or two ago that that happened. I believe it was another show that you weren't at, though. Um, but, yeah, that was a previous show, and they're just now releasing the pictures due to filming. They didn't want to give anything away. Gotcha, gotcha. And yes, sir? I hate to cut you off, but before I skedaddle, there is one more thing I have to say. What's that? Before the break. There is speaking about the whole thing with the NWA and wrestling at the chase. There is a new book out, and this is where I do my Mick Foley style plug. It is called, well, Wrestling at the Chase. It is by Ed Wheatley. I had the pleasure of meeting him. He's a part of the St. Louis Browns Historical Society, but I had met him and had talked to my old friend Herb Simmons a couple nights ago. And you can pre-order the book at stlwrestlingbook.com. It's $39.95 for the autographed copy. And it is just an in-depth look at the history of wrestling at the chase and what began into a near 25-year affair in the Gateway City. So I highly recommend getting that book. I know I will. So that is my final piece. I just want to say to you guys, have an amazing rest of the show. Kick some major ass. I know the guest is going to do amazing as always. I mean, come on. As always. And I just want to wish everybody the best of health. I'll talk to you all later. All right, Maestro. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we hope to have you back soon, sir. Yes. All right. So, Joe, do you want to do the uh, do the honors here? I can do the honors. If we have Captain Decapitate, let me tell you something. This next gentleman we are bringing on is an actor. He is a manager of the Dead Sea Sabal. I mean, you know, I, I met this, this gentleman at EPPW, and he is an absolute amazing guy. Just don't call him Captain Crunch. We have, have told you everybody Multiple times not to call him Captain Crunch. Ladies and gentlemen, it is all honor and privilege to bring on the one and only Captain Decapitate. What's this? Where'd he see, come from? See that? Look. I'm telling you. Joe, you Captain talk nice Decap- about me like that. And you never called one of my matches down straight. Oh, I've always called you matches straight. I am night. I am Joe Lance. I always am a fair 
Referee, every time that I was, that you were involved in a match, I always called it down the middle. Hardcore you were the one referee I never wanted to see when my guys were in the ring. Because you <laughs> always had it out for us. Uh, I, can, you, I can believe that. You know, I uh, have seen many a match that Joe Lance has not called the way it should have been called. That's right. That's right. Good. I like you. The guy in the middle here, not so much. Uh, so how has Captain De- Decapitate been? Uh, doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The ship's yeah. been, uh, we've been able to uh, sail all around the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're back here in the uh, mid-Atlantic area for some wrestling shows. Nice. Got rained out last, got rained out last weekend, but, you know, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. That, that that is definitely how it goes. So, I guess my first question is, how did Captain Decapitate get involved in the world of professional wrestling? Well, Captain Decapitate hasn't always been Captain Decapitate. There's a guy named Jesse L. Green that acts in movies. And he did a movie called Wrestle Massacre. Mm-hmm. And this Jesse L. Green has been a wrestling fan all his life. And I talked to uh, uh, people at Outbreak Wrestling. We used their ring and some of their guys for some of the uh, some of the scenes. And Jesse said, "Hey, I'd like to be a manager." I showed him a picture of my character at the time, which was Captain Mango. Mm-hmm. But Captain Mango is a nice guy. And they said, we want to heal. And so I said, okay. So I came up with Captain Decapitate. Nice. Nice. Yeah, you know, we, you, you, I've seen you at multiple EPPW shows. I've seen these uh, movies that Jesse Green was, was in, in, involved in. And, you know, one of the guys that you are associated with EPPW was – the one and only Sabal. Can you tell us about managing Sabal and how do you keep him under control? Well, Sabal is a sea creature. And me being a pirate, I have some control over him. But when he gets in the ring, I have no control over him. And we've won some championships. In fact, we won the EPPW championship. And they took it away from him simply because he had an accident on board the ship and couldn't make one show. One show. They stripped him of it. And then, of course, with COVID, and now they're out of business, we never had a chance to get it back. So I'm a little pissed at EPPW right now. We could have been the forever champion there. Now, in EPPW, Sabal was not your first person that you managed. If I'm not mistaken, the first person that you managed was a man by the name of Eric Ekdon. I don't talk about him anymore. <laughs> I don't, don't talk about him anymore. Oh my no, goodness. Eric and I, Eric and I had a run, but you know, the captain is used to winning and Eric just didn't cut it. He just didn't cut it. So I had to go with somebody a little bit better quality. And I went with Sabal. Eric That's and I have gotten back together at a, a couple of other promotions, but Hardly ever on the winning side, and I like winning. 
Absolutely. Who doesn't like winning? Hulk That's right. That's why right. don't you come in here with whatever questions you have? Because I know that you have a lot of questions for uh, uh, Captain Decapitate. And and yes, I see Susie Haas is, is saying the words Captain Crunch <laughs> multiple times. It's not me. It's Susie Haas. You can't, you can't stop him, you know? You just can't stop him. Maybe this maybe will stop her. There. Get your fill, Captain Crunch, right there. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do at one of the shows. I'm just going to wring his freaking neck and tear his, tear his head right off his shoulder. There you go. That's how much I hate Captain Crunch. I tell you, <clears throat> some, some people are just so disrespectful. I they are. No respect. I feel well, like Rodney Dangerfield. I get no respect. No respect at all. So, uh, you know, you, you told us about the first movie that, that you started in. And so can you tell us a little more about your, your movie career? Well, Jesse Edward Green's movie career, been, he's been in about 50 movies. Russell Massacre wasn't the first movie. It was uh, probably somewhere along the 35th movie. Um. He has starred in a couple movies. Uh, the best-known one is uh, called Killer Campout, where he mm -hmm. played the uh, cannibal mountain man. And he had something like 26 kills in that movie. So he's about wow. as, in movies, he's about as nasty as what Captain Decapitate is in the wrestling business. Wow, it, it sounds like he's pretty nasty. And, you know, looking through... Uh, different pi pictures I've seen of you and everything. Did I uh, did I see correctly that you have done a movie with uh, another member of the Wrestle Talk family, Max Morrison? Max Morrison, yes, yes. And I think we're going to be in a movie. Uh, oh boy, I don't know when it's coming out, but we're we're in another movie together. I don't think in this new movie. Um, Jesse and him are in the same scenes, but we're in the, we're in the same movie. I just saw Max Saturday night. We got uh, Boldish Wrestling and Martin Wrestling. We got rained out. Oh, so, that sucks. Yeah, so we got the that was the second time. This was the the um, um the the makeup show for a rained out show a month ago, and we got rained out on this one. So. Mm. Now, but Max and I, Max and I got to talk, uh, got to sit at the bar and talk for a while. Is it the rain that's doing it, or is it that they are just scared of Captain Decapitate? Both, <laughs> both, both. Well, I've been telling, I've been telling Voltage Wrestling that for, for probably two years now, even before COVID hit, that I was bringing a big, big man in. I don't know if you all know. Uh, um, Corey Bush? Yes. yes. Joe, you know Corey Bush. Yes. This guy is bigger than Corey Bush. Wow. There's not very many guys that are bigger than Corey Bush. This guy is bigger this. than Corey Bush. I got to see this guy. <laughs> He's going to be worth seeing. He was supposed to be there uh, two shows ago. He was supposed to be there last Saturday night. And now we're going to be at um, O'Connell's uh, Irish Pub in Martinsburg on September 18th. And hopefully, hopefully, I'll be able to uh, premiere him there. 
And you are also a uh, two-time manager of the year for Kings and Queens of Wrestling, correct? That's right. That's right. About to be three-time. Three-time. Actually, I don't think I'm going to run for a third time. I'm, I'm giving it up at two. Give somebody else a chance. If I keep running, if I keep running, what other choices somebody have but to vote for me? Right? I, I can see that, you know. So, okay. Joe, Joe, what other questions did you have there, sir? Man, you know, the, the, there are so many different promotions that that uh, you look for. So let's go ahead and start off with uh, Outbreak Wrestling. How How is it working for Outbreak uh, Wrestling? Because I know that's like your home promotion. That's the promotion that Captain Decapitate started at. That's right. They, they gave me my start. And the, the uh, neat thing about Outbreak is they do a fair amount of their shows in the Hamburg Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like the mecca of professional wrestling. That's where WWE started their TV tapings at. Oh, wow. And having been a wrestling fan all my life, I can't believe I get to work in that arena. It's... Um, you know, uh, the, the, lights, the light structure above the ring is still up there from the McMahons putting it up. Wow. So it's, uh, it's, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool to uh, – wonder if I can hear you all okay if I take one earplug out. <laughs> Go ahead and say something. Can you hear us now? Yeah, yeah, because I was getting this boom, 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 boom through my <laughs> – through my ears and I'm too old. I'm too old for that shit. You know, too old for that. But yeah, outbreak is is fun to work at because it's, uh, it's at the Hamburg field house. And it's just, uh, you know, when you think you're walking out there and, uh, you're, you're working in the same arena as all the, uh, all the old time greats of the WWE. It's, uh, it, it, it's, um, pretty amazing at times. Yeah. It it, it 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 absolutely is. Now, you are also the manager of if I'm not mistaken the tag team the Dead Sea. Can you tell us what this Dead Sea uh, tag team is? Dead Sea is Suicide Myers and oh. Sabal. Suicide Myers. Okay. I don't really think I know anything about Suicide Myers. You will. You will. He's based up in uh, up in the uh, Hamburg area, Hamburg, Lancaster, up in that area. But uh, bringing him, uh, you know, bringing him to other other promotions. Nice suicide miles. Okay, so I guess my next question is, what's next for Captain Decapitate? Because you know, EPPW unfortunately closed its its doors. So, and I know that, that it's not going to be the last time we've seen Captain Decapitate. Could we see him in ATCW? Well, well what's next for Captain Decapitate? Well, like I said, uh, coming up September 18th is Voldy Trestling in uh, Martinsburg. I got a cheat sheet here, so if I look down. Uh, September 26th, we're doing an outbreak taping. For an upcoming show, uh, October 2nd, I'm at SCWA. That's out in uh, Glendale, West Virginia, just south of uh, 
just south of Willing, West Virginia. October 9th, I'm doing, uh, it'll be my second show at HWF up in Lewistown, Pennsylvania. That's uh, Honorary Wrestling Federation. October 16th, I'm doing Voltage Wrestling right here in Hagerstown. I'm excited about that because up to about three years ago, I didn't even know I had a bucket list in wrestling. But once I get into it, I wanted to work a show in my hometown. And it looks like on October 16th, I'm going to get to uh, walk down the aisle in my hometown. So uh, hopefully people there will respect me and won't call me Captain Crunch. But I'm sure there would be I'm sure there'd be instigators in the in the audience that'll that'll start it, you know. And let me see, October 30th, uh, doing a first show for a company out, out in McKeesport, Pennsylvania, PWX. And November 13th, I'm back with Boldy Wrestling out in uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. Wow. Okay, Morgantown. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I was so to have I was to have two shows, the 11th and 12th, in uh, Orlando and Tampa, but they both got they both got set back. So. Gotcha. So, right, so I have one more question I want to throw to uh, Hardcore Haas. It says we have a question from the audience. It says, "What is your proudest moment in professional wrestling?" Oh man. I don't even know the answer. It's every time the ref Joe gets to ref one of your matches. Did you ask low points of my of my career? Is that what you <laughs> no, said? No, your proudest moments, like happiest oh, moments. I only got one. It, I, I thought you said lowest. Yeah, that definitely be, uh, uh, doing matches with Joe as referee. That that's lowest point of my career, oh, right geez. there. Oh, jeez. Thanks. <sighs> I, I can see why. Proudest moments. Um, Again, I'd have to go back to, you know, working in the Hamburg Fieldhouse. That's, you know, you can't, you can't beat working there. Um, I did a show a couple of years ago up in uh, Ashbury Park at their um, uh, big uh, convention center. It sets on the beach. Supposedly that's where uh, Bruce Springsteen got his start and all in that, in that building. So that was kind of cool. Um And I tell you, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to seem nice here, but probably my proudest moments is when I'm at my when I'm at my booth, and somebody comes up and and tells me that they enjoy my my show. There you go. See, that's fans. Fans are everything. You know, they're 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 great. Even though they even though they 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 hate me, you know, they can still they can still. Uh, appreciate Right? Absolutely. Hardcore Haas, why don't you come in with whatever other questions you have? I know you got a bunch of questions, so. So, we've uh, we've heard what's next for Captain Decapitate. Uh, what's, what's next for the movie career of Jesse Green? Oh, right now, there's probably four movies waiting to that uh, Jesse has already finished just waiting to come out COVID COVID like everything, like everything in the country, uh, COVID took a real 
hard hit on on the movie industry. And there were movies that were half started, almost finished. And then as soon as uh, as soon as stuff would open up, it was like, bam, 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 to get them done. So um, I finished up here in the last uh, couple months, finished up like four movies. So they'll be coming out. I was just uh, talking with someone last night. There's a movie. Um, I, I, I guess I can. I guess I can say the name. There's a movie called Anna Key. That's uh, probably not going to go into production till next year. But it's a it's a movie that was written just for Jesse as the as the lead character, and wow. uh, I I'm all excited about that because it's uh, I. I can't give any details of the movie. Probably shouldn't even have said the name, but that's okay. Um, it, it, it's going to be the main the main uh, movies that I've done is, is mostly been horror movies. I've done a couple drama movies, but this is this is kind of a, a completely different type movie than what ever been involved with. And then I I have a movie. That I uh, that I wrote, boy, it's probably been two and a half years ago now, and um, I'm just in the works now to get that that done. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a, a, a dark uh, drama, and it's gonna uh, I'm gonna be the the main character, and then there's basically just one other character, a female, and um, it's 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 a dark drama. It deals with uh, uh, suicide and uh and things like that so uh things are coming up but i also also something that you all may not know about uh my alter ego captain mango the, the good pirate just started uh two weeks ago he's got uh he's got his own radio show on uh radio free hub city it's a internet radio station and he does a show called Trop Rock Bay. It's all Jimmy Buffett tropical type music. Wow, that's no, I, I hadn't come across that yet, but I'll make sure that I do check that out. Yeah, and we're we're in the uh, we're in the works now. Jesse L. Green is going to have a radio show with uh, with a good friend of mine, and we're calling that um, Storytellers. And the, the premise of that radio show is all the songs on there are going to be story songs. They're not going to be, you know, just your fun little ditties. You know, they're going to be uh, they're going to be all story songs. And of course, our first song out for, you know, the best story song, I think, ever, the, the Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. So that's going to be we already know what our first song is going to be. Nice. I tell you, you are just a multifaceted person, there. You know, yeah. I'm trying, and I've been, I've been for, for a couple of years now. I've been working on a, a on a novel, a, kind of a pirate story, uh, brought nice. into modern day because it's some buried treasure, and uh, and I'm 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 been in the works for about a year. <sighs> Finding the time is the thing. I, I I've been working on a. a you're, you're all going to laugh at this, but been working on a children's book. 
Nice. So that should be should be interesting. Of course, it's going to be about a pirate, and he's he's starts out. He's not a not a real nice pirate. He's not as not as mean as what I am, but uh, he's not a real nice pirate. And of course, you know he sees the error of his ways and and uh, becomes a good, outstanding uh, citizen. <laughs> there you go. So he turns into Captain Crunch at the end. Oh, see? See? I, I didn't say it. <laughs> I, I did not call you Captain Crunch. I'm talking the pirate in the book. I just don't know. I don't even like the, the, the name said. Okay? <laughs> we got we got those parameters set now? Okay, okay I believe so. I, I mean, I, you, if you say it one more time, I'll just walk out of here. I don't have to. I don't have to be here. I can. I got other things I can do here on board the ship. You can see the map behind me. I'm plotting where I'm going to go next. Right. And we do have a couple comments from our viewers here. Oh, uh, this uh, ought Sonny, to be good. Wrestling Mayo fans always my, come up. My, my wrestling fans always come up with the greatest questions. Well, Sonny Mayo says my man stays booked and deservingly so. Keep rocking it, Captain. Well, now, see, Sonny is a good, that's a true wrestling fan there. He knows talent when he sees it. Keep it up, Sonny. And, uh, Keep it up, Sonny. And Renee Martinez, who is our counterpart here, he says, Captain D is the man. What can I say? So, you, so see, you're, you're getting some love here. You got comments from probably two of the smartest wrestling fans out there. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? But just hold on. There's going to be somebody come up here with, with a winger here. Watch. And they'll call me that Captain C word. Mm. Uh, you know, there, there's one that's already been doing that. So, you know. But, don't but even see, tell me do, who it is. Don't we're, even, we're not I, showing that. Because I don't want to I don't want to go off on them. <laughs> So, and you got my name is Jesse L. Green. Did I do that wrong? Well, you're the one that put the name in there. We did not do that. Okay, then it's okay. <laughs> then it's okay. <laughs> oh, I was going to go off on Joe. Blame Joe. Okay. We, I we don't say I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pirate. And if you've ever seen my logo, you see the number 1722. That's when that's the year that Captain Decapitate and Captain Mango both were hung for piracy. So we don't know anything about all this modern stuff here. And what mm -hmm. happened there? Oh, wait a minute here. There we go. Uh, and, and see, you can still blame Joe. I mean, that we always do. So always everything blame. happens is Joe's fault. I don't. I. I. I'm not sure. I. My guys have ever won a match when Joe has been in the ring. I'm sure that they've won at least one. I'm, oh, one I'm, out of what twenty? <laughs> Jeez. I'm sure. Well, you know, um, I, I, you, you're an intimidating guy, and I'm always afraid that you're going to hit me with that uh, that hook that you have. You know, well, that, you, that, and, and you can, and you always accuse me of cheating. I don't cheat. 
I don't accuse you. It's your no, friends no, that no, accuse you. No, 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 no. You come over to the side of the ring. You go, you got to stop that. You got to stop, stop. Don't do that again. And I haven't been doing anything. I'm just there. I'm an observer. That's it. I'm out there just as an observer for my guys. See, that's why I actually have paddles that I take to the match. And one says, boo the ref. And then no. another one says, slam the ref. And I don't have them handy, though. So. I was hoping. I was hoping before EPPW went out of business. Because that's about the only place I've run into this character. That one time I'd get a chance to get into the ring and just boom. Well, and see another another one from Sonny Mayo. Joe is just a horrible ref when your guys are in the ring. <laughs> Joe, oh I, I mean, Sonny, I'll, I'll be I'll be sending you the money here as soon as the show's done. You're doing good. <laughs> Keep it up. I'll send you those gold doubloons. <laughs> gold doubloons. Oh my All goodness. right. Well, we have a segment here on our show that is the world famous Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. And tonight, you actually get to take on Joe Lance and the Game Show Challenge. Are, are you up for that? This will not even be fair. Why? Why? Just declare me the winner right now. But I'll do it. I'll do it. So you never know. It sounds like you have a uh, challenge there, Joe. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. Well, we got a little music here to start off the show. And. Is it done? Yes, it's done. It's done. Now I can hear. This is going to be, I better put my other (laughs) earphone in here so I get these questions right. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to this week's installment of the world famous Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Tonight's contestants are... Captain Decapitate and Russell Talk Podcast's own Nightmare Jones, Joe Lance. In a few moments, I will ask you three questions about particular professional wrestling topic. Whenever you think you know the answer to the question, just shout out your answer. If the answer is not correct, you may shout out answers until you do get it correct. Tonight's Russell Talk. Brent Baker. <laughs> Tonight's Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge category is cruiserweight champions. I will give information about three famous professional wrestling personalities who have held the WWF slash WWE cruiserweight championship. When you think you know who I'm talking about, mm. shout out the answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's contest. Are you ready, Captain Decapitate? I'm ready. Are you ready, Joe? Let's do this. Question number one. 
This professional wrestler held the WWE Cruiserweight Championship under two different names. Most people remember this wrestler for being in the group three count or have Rosie or Mighty Molly as a sidekick. Stand back and name him. Uh, Shane something. The the Hurricane? Shane Helms? The Hurricane is correct. Ah. I got one. I should have known Hurricane. Or you could have said Gregory Helms or Shane Helms. So Joe, See, I don't know. Up. See, I don't know anything about cruiser weights. I don't. I deal in big guys. Big guys. <sighs> well, Sabal was cruiserweight champion in EPPW until they unfairly took it away from him. I don't need to be corrected like that. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two: This professional wrestler is a former three-time WCW cruiserweight champion as well as former WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Champion, a former member of the Flock, and known for his shooting star press. This wrestler is also a former four-time WWF, WWE Cruiserweight Champion. He was Mm. also married for a time to Tori Wilson. Billy something. Billy something, brother. Billy something. I can't remember his last name. Is Billy something or other? Billy Gunn. No. No, nope, not Billy Gunn. It's, Billy uh, White Shoes Johnson. Oh, <laughs> uh, the flock, the flock, the flock. Uh, Billy Kidman, I believe. Correct. Joe has won the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Uh oh! Don't come after me, Captain. Don't have we need we need a playback on that. I don't I don't lose. I don't lose. I don't lose. He had the answers in front of him. I saw him looking down at the paper. He had the answers in front of him. He had the answers and you fed him the answers. I did not have the answers. I saw you looking down. You you fed him the answers. This was all fixed just to make me look bad. I would, I, if I was to fix it, I would fix it against Joe. I would never fix it for him. Then why didn't you give me the answers? You let me come on here and look like a fool. Well, I, I was hoping that y- you would win, but you know. You were thinking I was smarter than what I am. <laughs> I, I I did not put it that way. I know what you I know what you meant though. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well so, it is all right. <laughs> I still my answer still is, is Brett Baker. Brett Baker. Yeah. Can't go wrong uh, with that answer. Although personally I I think I should have accepted Lucky Sucker. Lucky sucker. Oh, oh lucky yeah, sucker. Was- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, 
Well, it has been a pleasure to have you here. And before we go here, just a little bit of business left to take care of. Let everybody know where can they find you on social media? Oh, man. Best place to find me, I'm on Facebook under the name Jesse L. Green, even though I don't like that name. I'm under that name. I'm also on Facebook as uh, Captain Decapitate, fans of Captain, De Captain Decapitate. Um, I'm on uh, Instagram as Captain Decapitate. And that's about it. I've been working on a been working on a website for like two years now, and I got two pictures up. That's how that's how computer savvy I am. But uh, those are the best place. I uh, the Jesse L Green on Facebook is my my go to place, and I'm getting used to uh, you know putting stuff on uh, putting stuff on Captain Decapitating Captain Mango's page. All right. right. And uh, we, we've already covered it once, but uh, just briefly, if you can just remind people where they can see you coming up here soon. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Didn't know I was going to need it again. Okay. Let me see if I can remember here. September 18th, Boldy Wrestling in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Um, November 2nd or 3rd and, uh, SCWA Willing, West Virginia, Glendale, West Virginia. Uh, and, uh, November, middle of November, uh, Bodie Trestling out in, um, Morgantown. What did I do with that paper? I think that damn Captain Crunch stole it. Uh, the other ones go go onto my page. I, I'm uh, if if I'm if I'm not anything, I over advertise where I'm gonna where where Captain Decapitate is gonna be. I'm, uh, I'm 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 good on social media, but I'm not good on every uh, page in social media. So, all right. Well, we we definitely appreciate it, and. Uh... Sonny's going to make sure he closes out here with a thanks for an awesome show, Captain. He's he's really gunning for those gold doubloons. He is. He is. I have some gold doubloons for you next show you show up. I'll, I'll, I'll pay you for all these good comments because I know <laughs> that I know there can't be anybody out there that likes me that much. I don't even like myself that much. <laughs> In fact, I tell people I tell people when they when they uh, run into Captain uh, Mango and they run into Jesse L. Green, I tell them I don't know how anybody could be friends with me, you know, because Captain Decapitate is set. Uh, I'm such an asshole, you know. But some people like assholes. Hey, sometimes you gotta be. Isn't that, that right, right, Joe? Isn't that right, That's Joe? That's right. That's right. Some right? some people do. One hundred percent. So, all right. And lastly, we just want you to uh, promise us that you will come back again and talk, talk with us again. When I come back, do we have to have Joe on the program? 
We'll, I mean, we'll see if we can to. bring somebody else. You, you can have the night owl. You can have have. You don't have to have me. <laughs> we'll, like say, we'll, we'll bring somebody else next time. Can we have um, Britt Baker as a? I wish we could. See, yeah, we, see what we you can't can afford that one. Can't afford that one. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I guess we'll have to. If we can't get Brett, I guess we'll have to take Joe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she is, right? she's, Close. she's more expensive than Joe, but that could be because she's a lot better looking than Joe. <laughs> well, that's true. That's, <laughs> that's that, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, oh, so, but I guess well, I guess you know, on a, on a limited budget, we're going to have to settle for Joe. Limited budget. That's right. You know, he, he's not getting those those five hundred dollar paychecks per match from EPPW. So uh, I wish I was getting five hundred dollars a paycheck from him. That'd be nice. Oh, you you weren't. You weren't. Uh, oh, I wasn't getting that much. Maybe I shouldn't. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, I was just. I was just basing he, it off of what they were paying me, but oh, you know, he just sorry. thought you were getting oh, paid to screw his guys over. That's all, and yeah. knew that it yeah. had to be had to be astronomical like that for that. <laughs> it had to be for somebody to sell out to a promotion to screw my guys over. You know, <laughs> oh, I thought he goodness. was being paid a lot of money. But now I find out you did it. You you just did it to do it, didn't you? Mm. Yep. I just did it to do it. Pitiful. Oh my goodness! Pitiful. What are we gonna do? Pitiful. What are we gonna do? All right. Pitiful. You have a. How do you, you sleep at night, party? Joe? How do you sleep at night? With a pillow. Yeah. Wait till <laughs> I wait till I see you again. I hope I get to see you again. I like Captain Decapitate. Yeah. I'll have my big guy there. And he you won't mess around with him. Uh, we'll see. We okay. will definitely see, bro. Thank you so for, for coming on to the show. It has been absolutely amazing. Uh, everybody loves Captain Decapitate. You've gotten nothing but love tonight. Uh, so... We really hope that, that you're able to come back on to the show again. It would be absolutely awesome. And anything else that you wanted to say, Haas? Just uh, I was going to ask him if he had any parting thoughts or any parting words before we uh, before we let him go. No, you said everybody everybody loves me. I I know that. I know that. You weren't telling me anything anything I didn't know when they when they call me Captain. That name, I know they're doing it out of love, and I can I can feel that in my in my in my heart, in my heart. So I know they love me. Yeah, see, even I have to admit, you know, when I was at EPPW, I, I was one of those fans. You know, I, I admit it. But as you said, it was out of love. You know. Well, I just hope, I just hope I did a uh, the the week going in when EPPW was. Going out, I did a, a, a shoot. Um, I don't want to say interview, but a shoot a promo, you know, to thank all the fans that they have no idea how much Captain Decapitate appreciated being hated. You know, it was, it's, 
fans, fans and professional wrestling are everything. If it wasn't for fans, it wouldn't be us. Well, and and we appreciated you as well. So, oh, thank and, you, uh, thank you. And I, I look forward to seeing you again. And we appreciate having you. So, thank you okay. very much for being here with us. I had fun tonight. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, sure. We'll see you next time I sail into the area. I'll, I'll, I'll be looking for it, and I'll if it's at a bar, I will buy Captain Decapitate either a beer or a shot of Captain Morgan. That's good. I'll be I'll be I'll be looking for you. I'll be looking for you. You should. He'll be hot. This captain. This captain decapitate over and out. Out. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Captain decapitate. See how much love that he gives Nightmare Jones, or aka Joe Lance. Do you see the love that 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 Joe Lance gets? He's backstage laughing at you now. <laughs> I'm sure he probably is. <laughs> oh, oh, he, he's he's doing this now. He's you're in trouble. Now. <laughs> I'm in trouble. So, all right. Well, Joe, it's been another great show. You know, last week I got to work with the Night Owl, and this week yes, I got you. to work with the creator and OTP of the WTP. That's right. You know? That's right. And and now. After the show's over, I'm going to go into my cabinet and I'm going to pull out my big old box of Captain Crunch and I'm going to have a great big old bowl of Captain Crunch. <laughs> oh, he's, he's pointing. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're right. in trouble, Jeff. Oh, All right. Uh, all right. Well, we appreciate everybody once again. You know, our our lovely, lovely sponsors, we don't want to leave them out because we could never do that with do this without them. So we want to hit them one more time before we go. Everything Combat, Ken Cade, Esports Bar Kansas City, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter Dream Production, Wrath Bun Engraving, Me Fiesta Rentals. And the world's premier fantasy wrestling group, the FWWC. That's right. That's right. Were, were you counting to make sure I hit them all? I was just just counting just just to show you that I can count past three. I still don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, everybody, for the Russell Talk podcast, I am Hardcore Host. He is Nightmare, Nightmare Jones. Jones. And we will see you back here next week. Peace. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>